Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Superman podcast with your hosts, Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 71, Monkey Fun, Ghost in the Machine, and Father's Day with Jason Wallace. Hi, pals. It's, uh, well, we're at the end of season two already. Wow. Which, this, that means the series is halfway over. Yeah, I'm motoring Boy. through this thing. Time uh-huh. has just flown by. I, I feel like I can barely remember any of the previous episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's such a rich tapestry that, that you've missed, apparently. There's, um... What what the hell has happened on the show? Jimmy Olsen. Uh-huh. Are you just saying that because you're looking at your notes and seeing the name Jimmy Olsen? I mean, yes. Okay. Here it is, Jimmy Olsen. Even had it underlined. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a this is an interesting place for you to and and believe me, Jason, you're not the first person on this or the Star Trek show to just sort of jump in and say, I, I I'll get the gist of it. It's fine. <laughs> Like, you don't have to follow along. What new things week. do I need to learn about Superman? Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. this one doesn't snap next, so that might throw you for a loop. Oh, yes. I was initially confused by that. But, uh, uh-huh. yeah, I've, I've, I've gotten used to it. Why does also, the, he's, he's, uh, why does the Superman just kill that giant monkey? Yeah. Also, his outfit is, like, colorful. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Why isn't it gray through I, a filter that makes it more gray? I assumed that was an animation mistake. So. <laughs> yeah, that probably is. It's under goofs in the DC week. Weird that it uh, is on all three of the episodes I was assigned to watch, but whatever. Well, yeah. that's the, you know, it's the same overseas company. You know how it is. Mm. Right. You know, you just it's the luck of the draw. Sometimes you get that really great, like the, the shadows and the, you know, all the details you would get in Batman, and sometimes you get weird colors i guess so yeah sometimes you get the company that uses colors weird uh-huh won't make that mistake again <laughs> uh we did uh we didn't mention last week we are doing three episodes and the reason for that is because next we have the three-part uh batman crossover yes. that's next week and we didn't want to break it up so that we had like the 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 final episode of this season plus the first part of that and then you know because it it works much better mm-hmm. it's sort of one one unit. You, so. you, you can't see it, but I'm punching the air excitedly. It is. It is one of the high points of this of this whole like this whole thing. I would it's say like, that in the Cadmus arc for me are, are just the best. Like things. I like Superman, but what if? And hear me out here. He hung out with Batman for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad I I'm glad I couldn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like it's a lot of fun you guys surf. will be having. Yeah, uh-huh. sounds sounds great. Uh-huh. Well, I guess I'll have. I guess I'll get these B tier episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you will be joining us for one of our bonus episodes doing that is um, true. Uh, Dark Knight Returns, which you you are doing the second part of that, which is where all the Batman Superman stuff is. That is true. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you know, and you know what you're getting into there. There's there's definitely some good stuff there. There's a good Batman Superman fight. I hope no one replicates it for thirty years. Yeah, yeah I hope no one takes the wrong thing out of this. Mm-hmm this and Watchmen for the rest of eternity. Uh-huh. <sighs> All right. Well, we got a lot to get to, so uh, sure do. why don't you kick us off? Let's have some monkey fun. Ugh. All right. <laughs> it's the distant <sighs> past, and look, it's the wee child Lois and her awful sister Lucy, and their pet monkey, I guess, Titano. 
Okay, let's uh, back this up. Lois and Lucy's father, General Sam Thunderbolt Lane, is working on a project to send a monkey into space. And until they need to send that monkey to its inevitable death in the endless black void, they're going to have it bond with Lois. So everyone is real bummed when it vanishes in a puff of screams and chimp feces. <laughs> wow, thinks we Lois, who has been allowed to witness this chimp's death for some reason. I should really tell somebody about this. Actually, I should tell everyone about this. I should be a reporter. So that's the origin for that, if you were wondering. Anyway, 20-some-odd years later, Superman is doing routine space stuff when he comes across the remains of Titano's ship and also Titano, who has clearly been screaming for 20 years. Superman takes the monkey to Star Labs, where Dr. Hamilton prepares to dissect it. Always useful to have a few spare monkey brains around the lab, he says, activating his brain saw. When Lois arrives, that's my baby, she yells. Probably takes the horrible little monster home, where it starts wrecking up her nice apartment. Jimmy comes along to take pictures. Local reporter adopts surprisingly alive space ape, the Daily Planet's front page will read tomorrow. When Lois splits to get a massage from a leotard Dr. Cr Crusher, <clears throat> excuse me, Jimmy notices that Titano is getting bigger. Meanwhile, at Star Labs, Superman is hanging out with his best friend, Dr. Hamilton, when everyone is attacked by giant microbes. Oh, shit, Superman says. I bet Lois's pet monkey is also growing. Bring me back his giant brains, Hamilton shouts after her. Him. <laughs> at Lois's ruined apartment, Titano has indeed become giant and is repeatedly throwing a refrigerator at Jimmy's head. Superman arrives before any permanent damage is done and then chases Titano around Metropolis for a while. Mercy, I'm taking this week off, says Lex, poking his head out of a nearby window and deciding that he wants none of this shit show. Meanwhile, General Lane arrives with a secret weapon to stop Titano, his old stuffed monkey. Fine, whatever. Lois waves the thing at Titano. Titano punches Superman in the head a few times. No giant gorillas crawl up the side of the Daily Planet, clutching Lois in one hand. And the army defeats the giant gorilla using gorilla gas. It's like gorilla glue, but instead of being sticky, it knocks out giant gorillas. Duh. Anyway, Superman carts Titano off to a deserted island where he can harass the local panther population and inevitably eat anything on everything on the island in about a month. <laughs> Do you want Kongs? Because that's how you get Kongs. This is how you get Kongs. Isn't that where all the King Kong stories, like the, the classic movie, but also the remakes always mm -hmm. start, is they go to an island and there's inexplicably a giant ape mm -hmm, there? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're not going to go to, like, Newark and find it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Ozzy Osbourne's house? <laughs> You're looking for giant like, apes! Mm-hmm. We we were uh, we were talking in the pre-show, and Jason informed me that uh, he read some science journal or something that, that mentioned that uh, Ozzy Osbourne is a, literally a genetic mutant. Mm -hmm. So that's all I can think about now. That's the other thing they're doing at Star Labs right now. Uh huh. <laughs> wow, look Just at trying that. to figure out what makes him tick. Mm -hmm. I think I think that's what they were doing before Superman showed up, and then they're like, oh, we could we could maybe broaden our mission statement a little. This well, is a lot. we've huh? We've counted all the monkey heads in his stomach. <laughs> or the, the sorry, the bat heads. God damn it! I got monkeys on the brain. <laughs> I'm well, sure there's some monkey heads in uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, probably. <laughs> the man does not take care of himself. Look, you can't you can't say that there isn't definitively. <laughs> I'm sure there's less uh, monkey heads than bat heads, but there's not none. There's not none. <laughs> the weird final season of the Osbournes where it really went off the rails. They did a whole fantastic voyage thing where they went in to find the monkey. Yeah, when they when they, when they gave David Lynch the reins for that last season, it was uh -huh. very odd. We're going inside, Ozzy, in this episode. What? You just wanted to do your David Lynch. I did. It's just Who yelling. Doesn't? 
Of course. Of course it is. <laughs> it's just yelling. It's mm-hmm. yelling from an adjacent room. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Coop. I uh I didn't hate this episode as much as I thought I would, but also we were talking about this before. I it, you definitely grading it on a bit of a curve. This is kind of a nothing episode, like the, yeah, the curve of a banana. Say. Mm-hmm. Oh, like it did. Oh, go ahead. I didn't hate this, but I definitely didn't like it. No, it's definitely one of the weaker uh, Superman episodes, I would say. But you know, I heard a Giant Monkey, and I was like, oh boy, this is going to be real dumb, mm-hmm. and it was only a little dumb. Let's be clear, though. Like, it was it was some dumb. Oh, it, it was, was absolutely some dumb. An acceptable amount of dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just barely. There were some good things, though. There were there were some interesting... Like, I kind of like seeing Lil Lois, which, by the way, this was my, hey, it's that guy thing. Um, Mae Whitman, who, uh, you know, Anne Veal herself... Her? Her? Uh, played, yeah. <laughs> played young Lois. So, like, I thought, I thought her first big voice role was... And this isn't a big voice role, but I thought her big like voice role in something I'd heard of was like Avatar, but uh, apparently she was kicking around when she was really tiny. So good for her. Yeah. Cause but, her, her dad worked on the show. Oh, did he? I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Well, that's um, cool. yeah. Jeffrey Whitman. Oh, ah. so she's no, 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 those, like... no, no, no. Uh, Pat music was, was, it's, oh, I know, it's, it's, I know that it's her name, mother. Yeah. It's her mother. Mm. Ah. Okay. Yeah. And so she was just, you know, on set a, a lot. Yeah, one of those. Um, oh God, what's her name? The Regretsy Lady. Oh God, uh, one, one of those legacy. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, God, everyone's screaming it. Uh, right I now. haven't had by, to think about Regretsy I mean, in years. Screaming. No, but uh, uh, Winchell, April Winchell. Ah, okay. She's another one of those legacy ones where her dad was uh, Paul Winchell, who voiced Gargamel, right. who weirdly will come up later in this very <laughs> episode. That's a, a <laughs> little. Uh, that's a little. Uh, 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 hint for you Gargamel fans out there. Mm-hmm. All, Gargamaniacs. All, all none of you. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Uh, well, what did we come up with for good things? Jason, what do you got? Well, um, strangely enough, my good thing is also my bad thing. So Ooh. I'll just talk about those simultaneously, I guess. All right. Um, it'll, it'll be like, uh, tube and throat singing where I'll just have two uh-huh. voices, two voices literally at, t- at the same time. Incredible. Yeah. Um, thank you. Uh, so on the one hand, this is obviously a, like a breezy silver age style adventure with like some pseudoscience in there. And it's clearly riffing on King Kong very lightly. And so mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's, it's nice. It's very, it's very lightweight and it's just a little bit of fun, and you know, every episode doesn't have to be, you know, uh, incredible stakes or the new gods show up or whatever, right? Right. It, it's just like this is just a fun little, you know, jokey sort of episode. Mm-hmm. So that's good, but also nothing really happens in this story. Mm-hmm. No one really changes or grows. Nothing substantial really happens. And the writers, I think, for me anyway, the worst part is that they make no attempts to, like, cleverly reinterpret or subvert or frame stuff from King Kong in a way that's like, we know you're thinking this. And Mm -hmm. what about this instead? Right. So 
it's really, too, you know, your pleasure may vary wildly here, depending <laughs> on how, you know, how much you tolerate just a, you know, an, a kind of a fluffy episode. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're saying the fun in monkey fun should be in quotes. Like it's not necessarily actually fun. Well, maybe just the fun part. There's definitely a monkey. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's... No, monkey fun. So monkey should be bold, right? <laughs> okay. And then fun should be all lowercase in a slightly smaller font, and there should be a question mark at the end. So it's like <laughs> monkey fun. Yeah, that's about right. Well, the word right. monkey should definitely be in bold in the way that Titano himself is bold. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Titan O as the rocket yep. reads. That's Wait, some real like good. Uh... I don't know. I didn't hate that, actually. It's a little contrived, but nowhere near as, as contrived as some other things, which we'll get to in a minute. That's some, that's some quality. This is a dumb name from the Silver Age. How can we make it cool thing, which uh, I, a lot of uh, comic adaptations do a ton of. I'm but just, like, I'm just still upset that 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 fake NASA didn't fu- you didn't hire a kerning expert to scoot that O up so that it would look like Titano and not Titan O. Well, I think it was supposed to be Titan Zero. That doesn't it's make like any titan- sense. Well, all right then, as <laughs> as opposed to all the rest of this. Also, uh, there was a Beppo in this. Oh yeah. Speaking of your uh, your cute Silver Age references. Uh, Beppo the super monkey, uh, which the the stuffed the stuffed monkey that Lois had, she called it Beppo, and when she finds it, she says bingo, and I really wish Bibbo had been there to help her, <laughs> right? Because you get the trifecta. Bibbo saying bingo Beppo would just be the best, uh. and they and they do it in a buca de Beppo, <laughs> of course. Bada bing, bada boom. Uh, what do you got for a good thing? Ugh. Um. This uh, this episode involve, uh, includes a scene where Jimmy is being attacked by a giant monkey, which is a very Silver Age Jimmy thing to to have happen, and not something that we see a whole lot of. Like, mm-hmm. what's the thing Jimmy Olsen does? Well, he does weird crap and gets changed into stuff, but we never see any of that in this show. He mostly just takes photos. No, I don't think he changes in anything once, which like, yeah. here they could have maybe had the monkey bite him and Jimmy grows large as well. And like the monkey's incredible. misdirection and it's uh, giant uh, Jimmy for the rest of the episode. Yeah, then, attack of attack of the 50 foot Jimmy would be pretty good. Well, and then he, yeah. Jimmy and the gorilla can fight over Metropolis. Like, yeah, that's a quality like the episode. Game, like, like the old video game Rampage. Exactly. exactly. Well, Superman's fly around going, oh, my God, what the hell? Whose side do I take here? I mean, Jimmy's my friend, but uh, he should. Meanwhile, Jimmy animals. is Jimmy's clutching onto a skyscraper and punching the same window forty-eight times. <laughs> Don't eat the toilet, Jimmy. Yeah, you'll make the sick face. Oh, I love that game so much. Uh, um, giant giant lizard, sure. Giant gorilla, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. giant wolf. Mm-hmm. Huh? <laughs> I mean, they had just invented three-player games and they hadn't really thought it through yet. They were just, this is rush. No, get it out here before somebody else does. Before somebody events gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my good thing. Yes. There, there were some particularly good Art Deco backgrounds in this one. Like, we've talked about this, the, the Art Deco of this show versus Batman. Like, you know, obviously that's the, the moodier, darker stuff. This is sort of like the, the lighter, like, you know, World's Fair, World of Tomorrow stuff. And... They did some really good fiddly, tiny detail. Like, 
we were at the zoo, we were at an aquarium, an arboretum, like there was a complex with all this stuff in it, which means a lot of little details. They have to draw these animals, they have to draw fish, all the all the people there, like just a lot more fiddly things. Then they go to a carnival, which again has a lot of little details. Like they could have just sort of coasted, you know, Superman could have lured him to an unpopulated area and fought him in like some wily coyote canyons or something, but like they really put in some extra effort to make the city look big and populated, and uh, I always appreciate that. Also, the the in particular, the design of those places. Like, I would go to that aquarium. This place looks pretty cool. <laughs> That's all. I just, you know, I like calling out good art when I see it. I mean, it would probably be leveled in a matter of days mm-hmm. just because, you know. Oh, yeah. I like that you're some anybody... new supervillain would destroy it. I don't think anybody much cares about the aquarium. Maybe. I, I mean, don't the know. fish probably do. Okay. Maybe maybe a couple of weeks ago when uh, Parasite had the powers of a shark. <laughs> wait wait <clears throat> a minute. I don't remember that. Oh, you missed out. It was great. Well, it wasn't great. Oh. It happened, though. Well, you All see, right. Parasite I'll, take, has the, I'll take your word for it. He has the ability to uh, g- gain the powers of anyone he touches, and he touched a shark. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, okay. I know a rogue when I hear one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I really like about Metropolis is like, again, you did mention that sort of World's Fair kind of design yeah. where everything's sort of like, like you know, um, optimistic future and uh, well, spher- spherical this. and Saturn's rings. We, and We talked about this when we covered uh, Mask of the Phantasm when, when there's the, the flashbacks in there at the, like the Gotham World's Fair. And yeah. It's, that, that's just sort of the, the actual Metropolis. Like they just sort of expanded on that. Yeah. One one thing that I really like about all the buildings of Metropolis, though, is that they're all named exactly the thing that they are in giant letters. Yep. Mm -hmm. So if you're confused about which one the aviary is, just look up and it'll Mm -hmm. say aviary in big 50-foot letters. And you go, ah, yes, that's the aviary. The thing that looks like, you know, uh, several kitchen implements glued together. Mm -hmm. Which, again, I love. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's what I want in a building. Mm-hmm. Several kitchen implements glued together. The nice thing about Metropolis is it's the only city you can go to as and look up and not look like a chump. Yeah. Well, I'm just looking for Superman. Yeah. And or also the uh, local f- restaurant. <laughs> people in Gotham just stare, just staring up like uh, turkeys ready to drown in, in the rain. <laughs> it's like, huh? No, Wait, is, are- that, is that why the penguin carries umbrellas? <laughs> He's the one who figured it out? You crack the code. The people in Gotham I mean, all look down because if they... Yeah, don't make eye contact with anyone. Yeah, if you make eye to- contact with the Joker, he will murder you. And it's mm-hmm. real likely you'll beat the Joker. I'm just thinking there should be like a, uh, a supervillain who just goes around and swaps all those labels around <laughs> just to really fuck with people. Damn it, the labeler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this does have nuts in it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an allergy. I just don't like nuts. <laughs> I'll put nuts in those brownies, you monster. <laughs> what is really, that? I, not... th- I thought these were chocolate chips, but they're raisins. <laughs> the greatest criminal mind of our time. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, well, Jason already did his bad thing. What do you got? Uh, what do I got? Uh, you guys got to get more efficient. I did both my good and bad things simultaneously. You well, th- you you trained with the Tuvans to do the throat singing. Oh, that is true. Yeah. yeah, I did go to Tibet. Yeah, right. 
We tried to train uh, with them, but they were all gone hanging out with you. Mm-hmm. That is true. I am pretty cool. <laughs> you got you got to the list first and took it before we could get there, like so much Irish gav. <laughs> All right, so uh, my that. bad thing is don't leave your children alone with a chimp. It will rip their faces <laughs> off. Amanda said the same thing. This is a domesticated, trained NASA chimp, presumably... It's better behaved than one you just pulled right out of the jungle. Here is the thing with all chimps, and this is true. Um, there comes a point in every chimp's life uh, when it goes completely fucking feral and dangerous and you can't be around it anymore. Is this, this sounds less like science and more like your anxiety taking a very specific form. No, this is, this is true. This is true. Like, no matter how well cha- trained your chimp is, when it gets old enough, it's like, fuck this, fuck you. Huh. All right. And, th- I, and then it is a I have... face-ripping-off machine. I did read that in the Journal of Monkey Sciences, so mm-hmm. I, I can I can back that up. Thank you. Well, okay. And we do know you read scientific journals. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, what else, what else am I going to do? Watch Superman episodes? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got time for that. I mean, you, you certainly didn't even show up for anything I would call an essential episode. Yeah. Like, if you're going to watch three... You, you pick these three. Huh? <laughs> yeah, obviously, Batman was almost here. Uh huh. Also, that yeah, you missed that one, but he shows up again a few times. Mm-hmm. He shows and up, I'm uh... sure I won't see those episodes either, <laughs> <laughs> because somebody will swoop into the Google document <laughs> and pick them anyway. We got a lot of guests. <sighs> All right, my bad thing. Yes. This one, this one just relies on a lot of coincidences. It sure like, does. Lois just happened to have a connection to this chimp who, you know, and then Superman yeah. finds it out in space. Like, are there three people on Earth? <laughs> then, like, the, Superman finds it in space three feet to the left of the space station, like, right on the other side of where they found that big fuck-off uh, sun monster mm-hmm. thing from uh, several episodes ago. Like, Whoops, almost tripped quit, over it. Quit releasing things from asteroids, Superman. <laughs> it's the second time this has happened now. One of these it's times. Be f- we're going to get Doomsday, I think. One of these to be times fair, I could have something that kills me. I <laughs> think I think he thought it was um, uh, Sandra Bullock. Well, okay. So he was trying to say He's her. a little early for that, though. It's only 1997 or something, right? I mean. I will rip open a was- thousand asteroids if there's even a chance that Sandra Bullock might be inside of one. He's just a big Speed 2 fan, I guess. Mm-hmm. Loves boats. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is the only uh, thing I know about also, Speed 2. Yeah. I mean, that's the same. Mm-hmm. And Sandra Bullock was in it, and Keanu wanted nothing to do with it. And a movie that Keanu wants nothing to do with <laughs> can't be good. <laughs> the one time his ability to pick a project uh, works for mm-hmm. him. Yep. I believe I will be Dracula 2. <laughs> um, but there was also a bunch of people in the middle of a fatal plunge to the ground including jimmy like Mm -hmm. superman just like i don't mind that occasionally that is superman's deal but there's just it's so lazy when it just keeps happening like oh those people were inevitably falling to their death good thing you just showed up in the nick of time my my biggest problem with that moment where jimmy does fall which is Mm -hmm. of course precipitated by the the world's best uh, banana peel gag. <laughs> oh yeah, the the monkey eats a bunch of bananas and leaves banana peels around, and we all know what banana peels mean, and yet we didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. 
And so he he goes soaring over the non-existent railing in this this apartment building balcony. Like, mm-hmm. what kind of psychopath designed that? Lois had it removed. She's like, I'm not stupid enough to fall off a building, Lois. I just I- really like an open floor plan. And by open floor plan, I mean no walls, no railings, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> See, I think it might, I mean, it's probably a mistake, but I think it was continuity. I'm going to go with the Marvel No Prize thing mm-hmm. here and say there was an episode, uh, what was the one where the guy was, it was the Luminous, the first time he was oh, talking. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, I the balcony. That. The target. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But I mean, that was... Uh, uh, oh, that one. Classic episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't oh, you'll he uh, tear the guardrail off then? Sure. That was the point of the episode, really. Mm-hmm. The rest of it doesn't really matter. It's That's just, called it's foreshadowing. Good. I gotta watch that one again. Lois loses her guardrail episode, mm-hmm. uh, but then sort of the pinnacle of all this uh, just dumb coincidences is Lois losing Chekhov's stuffed monkey in a pile of identical yeah. stuffed monkeys. Just, well, they're what? They're not identical though. Well, in the close-up they're not, but in the long shot they are. Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. But like Beppo, as we've seen, is 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 kind of. Dunstan checking in mm-hmm. is like dressed as a <laughs> as a bellhop of some kind, right? Of course. And then, then the rest of these stuffed monkeys are just like, I don't know. They just got a shirt on and no pants. They're like, they've a they've, Barbera character. They've they've stayed home from work and are just like <laughs> watching the prices right in their in their underwear in their living mm-hmm. room. Like mm-hmm. those are two completely different costumes. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a basketball costume. And, and it's not like award-winning investigative journalist Lois Lane, like, you know, I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong here, mm. but that kind of job requires a certain amount of perception. Um, no, something we've evolved. pointed out, something we've pointed out that we like about this version of Lois is she often is the one who will spot some minor detail out of place that no one else catches. So mm-hmm. not yeah. this one. Yeah, no. That I mean, Beppo. Was, uh, that Beppo should be by monkey love. Yeah. older. That Beppo should be more worn because it's from the 60s or whatever. It yeah. should smell of decades old asbestos filled rocket fuel. Mm-hmm. And it should be wearing a fucking bellhop's cap. It's not hard. I think the bellhop cap is what you're really fixating on here. It's the like, only it's... substantive difference between <laughs> the Beppo and the rest of these stupid fucking stuffed bullshit prizes. No, I, also, I it's, get it. They're carnival uh, uh, prizes. Yeah. So, you know, they'll they'll disintegrate in a stiff wind. Like, yeah, oh, of course. Of course. You just have to reach for it and it'll mm-hmm. evaporate. Mm hmm. All right. We got anything else about this one or shall we press forward? I think that's everything I got. Oh, my uh, my quote. Ah, uh, yes. What do you got? Ah. This is, uh, I love how annoyed Superman gets by this whole thing. I'm sorry, Lois, but your monkey friend's going down. Well, that's been our, we've been enjoying that all along, is like the best, the, the best foes mm-hmm. just irritate Superman. It's, I can't believe I have to do that. I can't believe this is my today. I'm on, it's my weekend, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty good. I thought you were doing it sort of, uh. Out of context because it sounds filthy, but uh. mm-hmm. oh, there's a bunch of those too. Uh-huh. Uh, my other possible one was uh, Lois going, "Shut up and keep squeezing those monkeys." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet they tried to get a spank the monkey thing through, and I bet I bet the network shot it down. Mm-hmm. 
It just feels like something they would, like Paul Dini would have like tried to slip it in there or something. Oh yeah. Well, Evan Dorkin worked on this one, so there's no way. Like, yeah, it's another Dorkin and Dwyer uh, joint. Dyer, excuse me, uh, joint. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else? Uh, no. All right then. Let's move forward to Ghost in the Machine. Huh. It's another optimistic day in Metropolis, completely free of the human ugliness and corruption that clouds certain other Gotham's we could mention. Things are just better here. The sun shines brighter. The people have a jaunty spring in their step. It's all a living reminder that dystopias aren't the only kind of topias out there. Everyone just needs to reach down and find the inner good within themselves and live their best lives. And speaking of living one's best life, there's billionaire philanthropist Lex Luthor holding some kind of big press event. What exciting life-improving technology have you cooked up with your super science today, Lex? Jetson-style food pills? A clean-burning, infinitely renewable fuel? A cure for leprosy? A death ray. Huh. Well, okay. Let's not judge a book by its cover. Maybe there are applications that... Oh, and you're demonstrating its effectiveness by firing two missiles directly at Metropolis so you can shoot them down in the nick of time. All right? That just shows your unwavering self-confidence, and it's important to believe in your... Oh, the death ray has completely failed to protect us, and we're all going to die now. Thankfully, there's a guy out there for whom jobs like this look like. That sounded cooler <laughs> in my head. Lex doesn't bother to thank Superman for saving his life and his reputation, partially because of the whole, you're my arch nemesis and I resent your fundamental alienness, your special abilities, and especially the way you get more attention than I do thing, but mostly just because this was all an elaborate meet-cute arranged by Brainiac, whose core software has been lurking in LexCorp's uh, servers like one of those pop-up ads that hides behind all your other browser windows. <laughs> Minty Fresh reference in 1998 and 2021. Brainiac needs a pair of skilled hands to build him a body act. <laughs> and apparently Lex's <laughs> hands are the only hands capable of caressing his sweet silicon soul back into the corporeal plane. Lex is hesitant to assist, but Brainiac looks deep into his eyes and says those words every romantic partner wanted to hear in 1998. You complete me. Except, no, I'm sorry, that is what he said, but there was a comma in there. He says, you complete me. Lex argues that people will notice him missing if he spends all his time down in Deep 13 building a kick-ass robot, but that's easily remedied with a Max Headroom-style simulation of Lex that either proves that Brainiac is a master of observing and mimicking human nuance, or that Lex mostly just sneers and brags a lot and you could trick most of Metropolis with nothing more than a drive-time DJ soundboard loaded with four or five clips. Which Livewire probably did at least once to prank call Superman. And indeed, everyone is fooled, except Mercy Graves, who Brainiac... Uh, who tracks down the real Lex using her detective skills, looking at the security monitors, which Brainiac somehow just left intact. She heads down to Deep 13 and fights the first wave of defenses, Robot Crabs. Glad someone is doing something about all these robot crabs. Roboting like crabs. <laughs> she soon finds herself joined by Superman, who's a bit ticked off because Brainiac sent a missile to Clark Kent's apartment and blew up his shirt and pants. Mercy, having little use for pants herself, is not impressed. But this is a superhero so show, so the two adversaries reluctantly put their differences aside and proceed to, to the boss fight. For Superman, this means fighting an upgraded Brainiac, who is adapted to his Kryptonian powers like a Borg sticking a foot in, in Spider-Man's door. <laughs> For Mercy, this literally means fighting her boss. Well, not so much fighting as attempting to free, then being left for dead. Fortunately, Superman does get her out of there before Brainiac definitely for sure explodes this time and absolutely didn't leave any kind of copy of himself anywhere. I mean, what could possibly lead you to suggest such a thing? Where is the cynicism even coming from? 
I actually like that it's sort of baked into the premise with Brainiac that he's just going to keep coming back. That's fine. I, I love that everyone just keeps going, well, that's the end of Brainiac. This body that I needed to build for him the only just got mm-hmm. is gone, so he's dead. I have uploaded my body my body into a computer, Kal-El. Well, you won't do that again. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I really? won't. Oh, you're all so dumb. <laughs> I do like the shot at the end of Lex uh, carefully lowering the remains of the robot into what appears to be a giant crate with styrofoam peanuts in it. <laughs> Going to have top men look at this. Mm-hmm. Specifically me, the toppest of men. Mm-hmm. Why, yes, I am a top. <laughs> I, was, I was laying on I the... S- uh... I said the quiet part out loud again. <laughs> He's he's been doing that. I know. I know you haven't been following along, but he's he's just brazenly. Anytime Lois catches him in something, she's like, he's like, yeah, I'm trying to murder Superman. What are you gonna do about it? <laughs> oh, I love so, being uh, rich. Mm-hmm. He's been saying the uh, quiet part out loud for a while now. <laughs> uh, I enjoy a Brainiac episode. Like this was a pretty stock standard one, but I still mm-hmm. I still dig him. So you know, I was pretty happy about this one. I love upgraded uh, thick Brainiac. <laughs> I love that he gave an entire monitor to his crotch. Oh, that was so good. He's got three monitors with like thirds of his body in the bottom one. It's just the, uh, yes. the Y of his crotch. His patented crotchovision, a byproduct of Holland's vast tulip industry. <laughs> if I wanted to go to look at a crotch on a monitor, I'd go on AOL. <laughs> And wait put in, 45 minutes. Put in keyword crotch. Downloading. Damn it, Netscape Navigator is frozen again. <laughs> Mercy, get off the phone. I'm on the internet. <laughs> uh, Jason, what do you got for a good thing? For a good thing for this episode. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Well, um, there's a pretty good thread here about Mercy's relationship with Lex and how complex it is. Right mm-hmm. now, I, I I don't think the episode explores it in sufficient detail. I would like to see like obviously more, less about Brainiac has a new body again, and mm-hmm. and more about like Lex and Mercy's complex kind of thorny relationship. Mm-hmm. But it's still interesting to see even in this episode, even the, the little threads that we have, how she's trying to juggle like respecting his boundaries and being proactive about his safety. And like thinking of him as like a savior or a father figure almost. And then also kind of dealing with, I'm sure the like strong BDSM desire vibes that they each have for each other. And then <laughs> also defending LexCorp from nosy liberal snowflake journalists. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, it's just, I, I'm I'm glad that they took time to like, even if it is kind of token to... um to explore that relationship between Mercy and Lex a mm-hmm. little bit. Right. Yeah, the problem is this is the most we're going to get. Like, this is yeah. the Mercy episode, and it's it's pretty good, but it, it, you're right, it's not enough. And Oh, well, she... then that then it's now my bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, my bad thing does kind of connect to all this, which I, I agree, it's good to get some focus on her, and I enjoyed seeing her team up with Superman. Like, that was enjoyable to me, just because she doesn't have quite the reluctance that Lex has. But I don't love how Lex treats her. Like, I get if he's pissed off or something, he'll yell at her, he'll snap at her or something. But he, like, 
he leaves her for dead. And then at the end, he's just like, he treats her like a fucking animal. Like, yeah. I, I prefer a villain who has some nuance. And he's like, like I, what I liked about Lex was that he is loyal to certain people and Mercy's kind of in his inner circle and he likes her. And yeah. here is just like, nope, you're basically my slave. That That's well, all. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that, 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 that last bit near the, um, uh, near the limousine, I guess. Right. Is, is a little questionable, but like, I don't, I don't know. It, it always seems like, like Luthor has been, you know, ultra selfish. Right. And it, it kind of makes sense to me that he would, be in this life-threatening situation after he's been like basically starved and deprived of human contact and forced to eat nutrageous bars for sustenance <laughs> uh, that he would eventually be like, Oh, well I can just leave now. Goodbye. <laughs> I just, so like, that, so I, that tracks for, for me. It just, it made him a little too Joker. Like the Joker will obviously leave Harley for dead. That's oh, fine. Yeah. But Lex, you, you expect, every day, you know, yeah, but, you, you know, he'll put her in danger and then leave her for dead. Yeah. But, Lex, you expect that he's got a handful, like I said, a small handful of trusted people. And it's just like, and to this point, he's really treated Mercy with respect. And mm. now it's like, well, no, never mind. Yeah, I, I always thought of her as like the one person he likes, you know? Yeah, me too. We were just talking about I, this with Devlin last night. They have movie night. Yeah, it, there must be, there must be others. There must be other people for Lex. Mm-hmm. But I can't That's think his... of them. Leaving her behind to die is as terrible as... Uh, it's like taking 40 cakes. <laughs> oh, man, I haven't thought about that in a while. That's as many as four tens. Did that's, you know that? That's terrible. Oh, it that, is terrible. You know, I, I didn't think it was terrible until you contextualized it that way. Now, yes, I agree. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is terrible. Uh, um, Good thing. What do you got? Ah. Uh, I love Lex designing a missile defense system and then <laughs> testing it with live goddamn missiles. Mm-hmm. It's so in character for him to just be, I d- designed the greatest missile defense system ever. And to prove it, I fired two missiles at you. Also, this is LexCorp headquarters in the middle of Metropolis. Yep. It's not like yeah. he's at his... He We've seen he has a desert facility where at least no one else would be in danger. He didn't use that one. <laughs> Aren't you... <laughs> Aren't you worried about collateral damage or something? No. No, I'm that sure this is going to work. <laughs> as I as I put in my notes, this is as batshit an idea as like Tim Cook firing a railgun at the Cupertino campus. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> no one signed off on this. <laughs> no, in fact, there's there's a great bit where like at the beginning where there's a bunch of generals standing around saying, wait a minute, we didn't know about this. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody at the air traffic organization got informed. It's like, all right, I guess we're just going to have missiles in the airspace now. Also, this episode in particular, but it happens a lot. Like, uh, Superman just litters the bay. He puts these two missiles oh, yeah. in there. He puts two big chunks of bridge in there. It's just like... I'm building an artificial coral reef. Reef. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. With all the shit I have to save from Lex and Brainiac. Well, no, he's uh, he's upset at Arthur Curran. is just crushing his summer home. Mm. The aquarium's next. He <laughs> thought it was safe. And I know exactly what building it is because it says aquarium in <laughs> giant letters. Uh-huh. No, you're right. It is very in character for Lex. And I do like that aspect of it. I just, you know, again, it's the mercy thing. Yeah, that is out of character for Lex. So, yeah, I, I thought so. I But I do like... 
we haven't dealt a lot with Lex the genius. Mm-hmm. Like he he talks about how smart he is, but it, at least here we get Brainiac saying, "Yeah, you're the only person with the resources and the intelligence to do this." And it's like, okay, good. We finally get to to see it instead of just hear it. I I, I love that so much because when Brainiac shows up, I'm like, "Oh, a Lex Brainiac team up." I love that shit. And mm-hmm. then it's just like, "Build me a body." Oh man, I don't want to build this guy a body. Build me a body. Mm-hmm. Well, on on the other hand, like it's a lot of tell don't show too, mm-hmm. because like we have, I mean, yeah, uh, Luther is ostensibly a genius, and obviously Bradyak is a is a brain yak, mm-hmm. right? Brainiac so like, the there should yes, everybody walk the dinosaur, <laughs> right? Uh, so there should at least be like some intellectual sparring between the two of them, right? Or like, or some detail into how. Only Luthor can solve these particular problems that reconstructing Brainiac's body is involved with. Even like a token, like techno babble kind of thing, where like, oh, I have to, I have to reroute the, um, the 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 juice hose, mm-hmm. or, you know, or whatever. Have right, a juice hose, of course. Be careful. <laughs> I mean, obviously, juice hose. Mm-hmm. See, so, I think. Yeah, my, they had they read- had they had none of that, and that's that's frustrating. I, that's true. I mean, I guess we did just see him building it, but we didn't. We didn't get a lot of that. You're right. I I, I emphasize this a lot in my summary, and we will come back to this because Brainiac and Luthor, to me, are the great love story of the DC animated universe. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he wanted him to build him a body so he could kiss him. <laughs> what about what about uh, Jimmy Olsen and, and Titano? Was that a love story? Because they just kind of forgot about that in the second act. That love story ended in tragedy when Jimmy fell off the side of the building. Yeah, <laughs> and died. Mm-hmm. As we all yeah. know. Yeah, that is what happened. Mm-hmm. That's canon. Yep. Just another dead Jimmy um, Olsen throwing the pile. What, do they clone them or something? Sure. Hamilton's just got a whole, like, six-pack of them? It was like the first thing they did in uh, Batman v Superman was kill off Jimmy Olsen. Ugh. To show that they're uh, they're serious. Okay, Jimmy Olsen's a character you always have to struggle to make relevant anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's because he really can't uh, transform into crap and uh, fight other crap anymore. I don't mm-hmm. know. Ch- Chip Zdarsky did it. Well, no, it can be done. Mm-hmm. No, no, uh, uh, Matt Fraction. I think you mean. Ah, yes. The other well, sex criminals guy. They're 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 the same person. Uh, that's yeah. all. No, I, it's all the I same to me. That is true as yeah, far yeah. as I know. Sorry, uh, w- uh, white male comic creators all look the same to me. Mm-hmm. So as yeah, well they should. Tracks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my good thing yes. is uh, I talked about this for a sec there, but uh, the the sequence where the chunk of Skybridge fell onto a lower Skybridge and then took out a further chunk mm-hmm. was I thought pretty intense. Like Superman actually didn't get there in time, and then he really struggled to get all the debris away safely. Like is a pretty typical Superman scenario but i i don't know i was into it no i really liked it it's just like oh shit i actually really fucked this up this time it's a miracle yeah no the, one got the, killed. the pace of it wasn't okay thing falls people scream superman comes in and saves no superman comes in can't quite deal with it has to clean up a bigger mess and then you see him and this is what i love about this version of superman struggling like it's almost too heavy for mm-hmm. him he's got to get some purchase to be able to push it back up and like it's it was I really felt it. And yeah, it was you know it was well choreographed. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. On the other on the other hand, as somebody who um, came in kind of fresh for this, right, mm-hmm. hasn't seen a lot of of this particular animated series, right. I was mm-hmm. kind of confused by that sequence because I thought, well, surely Superman is 
faster than that, right? Well, he's or, faster than a speeding bullet, not speeding concrete. Mm-hmm. Well, that, well, that's, that's that solves the, my issue. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things I enjoy about this version of Superman is he, he is tremendously strong, but one, he still doesn't quite know how strong he is. Like, he's still testing it. But also, two, he's not, like, he has to wear a suit for prolonged exposure to space or underwater. Like, right, he's yeah, got, no. He's got I'm, some, I'm, they, I'm, they really dialed him back, and I like that. I'm not necessarily talking about that. I, I just mean that in that sequence, it seems like it seems like in other iteration, well, in other like portrayals, even in this continuity, right? Like it, the the relative power and speed and maneuverability levels there don't necessarily gel with what we're seeing here, where he's like, surely he could go just a little bit faster, right? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, there's it's hard to sort of definitively say like he can lift 8,000 pounds or whatever you know I mean I guess they could do that but I think they want the flexibility to say okay well, no this this is hard Al, this is what the hell are the power ratings for them yeah why did uh, I memor why did I memorize all of those <laughs> well that's especially stupid because they just put out the uh, updated version in a year and once you've memorized them you have to memorize God the new ones damn it I knew there was something I had to pick up today <laughs> Who's who in the DC Universe 88, yeah. right? It was that cocaine, I forgot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, they sell them both together, mittens. so. Yeah. Uh, what do you got for a bad thing, Jason? Oh, um, uh, uh, we were just, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but I feel like Brainiac is completely wasted here. Mm-hmm. Um, Not drunk, you mean. Uh, well, you maybe, I don't know. Alex, yeah. I hate you. Build me a body. Hello, Cal. Uh, I need... I need a new form. Look at my crotch cam. <laughs> Put gin uh, but... in my juice hose. <laughs> gin and juice hose. That's my that's, favorite yeah, that's song. Excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there was no real, like, uh, when you put Brainiac and Luthor together, two arrogant geniuses, like, I feel like there should be some clever dialogue or repartee or something between the two of them that like should show them like intellectually sparking off each other. And there wasn't really any of that. Um, Brainiac tries to kill Clark in the most pedestrian way possible of just like firing a sidewinder missile at him. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And he's also taken out by the episodes, not MacGuffin, but like plot coupon where it's like, Oh, remember this giant death ray that affects Mm -hmm. like, you know, electronic guidance systems or whatever. I don't know. It just felt like we 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 do this nice kind of reveal. We bring Brainiac in like, aha, Brainiac's still alive and he's infested the servers. And now he's forcing um, Luthor to, to, to reconstruct him. Great. And then towards the end of the episode, we're like, oh, so that, that was it, huh? That's all you did? Mm-hmm. No, and the thing is, I know there's some great, Brainiac stories still to come and it feels like they were like yeah but we need one in between we need another one that's sort of a just remind people Brainiac's here and it feels like they didn't do any additional work yeah this is the middle one this is this is the equivalent of an episode where they were about to lose the rights to Brainiac (laughs) yep ah shit we gotta just just crank something out I mean, if you're doing semi-serialized TV, it's it's a similar thing where you have to remind the audience that something exists because otherwise, this is an early season one guy and he comes back in like mid season four or something, and you have to you have to keep people aware of who he is, you know. So granted, but, they, but you could also have a writer who's like, okay, Luthor is going to decide to recreate 
yeah, no, Brainiac they, they, by using they, his 40 cakes to create a, a, a cakeyac. How much? 40? That's not, that doesn't seem like that many. Oh, I'm sorry. Cakes. That's, that's four tens. Oh my God. That's so many. Yeah, I know. <sighs> what do you got for a bad thing? Uh, good question. I kind of wish that Mercy had realized that Lex was missing before Clark did. Yeah, yeah there's weird. a whole scene in this where like Clark shows up for an interview with, with Lex and just sort of uh, kicks his way into uh, Lex's giant red office. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's sort of how Mercy realizes, oh, something's up. I really like this episode sh- should be about Mercy realizing that something's up with Lex because she knows him so well. Like, yeah, it should have been from her POV. You're right. Yeah. Yep, like, that's, yeah. that's what the beginning of the episode felt like it was setting up. And then Clark just shows up and just like, look, no Lex. And I, I have no evidence of this, but I wonder if that was like a network note because I know this team knows how to do that. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if the network said, this is the Superman show, make it about Superman. Yeah. Like, I again, just a total guess, but I could absolutely see that happening where mm-hmm. it's like, these kids don't care about Mercy Graves. That's where you're wrong, my friend. Yeah, I mean more mercy I, episodes. Yeah. There's a and and there was a there was a great in too. There was a bit where uh Simulex says uh or the Lex model duplicate, excuse me, mm-hmm. says um uh Miss Graves I'll be in a meeting. He never calls her that. He calls her Mercy. It's like that's right. weird. That would have been the hint right there. Mm-hmm. Like that is not how he normally addresses me. Something's up. Yeah. But they didn't do that. Yeah. This this further uh, this episode should have been like the Mercy Origin episode, like yeah, really further evidence, like yeah. You mean rather than the two sentences she gave Clark about growing up on the streets and yep. Lex taking her in the end? Yep, show us some flashbacks. Yeah, that would have been great. You're already showing us leg. Get some flashbacks in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much leg. Mercy and uh, Maggie Sawyer both shop at the same no pants store. <laughs> she, she's mostly leg at this point. Mm-hmm. Right, she's like a uh, living version of the lamp from uh, Christmas. <laughs> Christmas story, yeah. She's become more leg than man at this point. <laughs> Scientists uh, estimate she is now ninety percent leg. <laughs> what what she really wants is to marry. Oh, Lex, hold on. So she Al, can be that... called Legs Luthor. <laughs> um, ninety is nine ten. So I, sorry, I forgot. Oh, to... oh, my, the, yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's right. terrible. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Anything else? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, I realize yes. that we haven't really been talking about kids loving Superman. Mm. Ah, yes. Um, yeah. In the previous episode for Monkey Fun, we got to talk about interstellar gas deposits <laughs> and <laughs> the ethical minefield of animal testing. So that's that's nice. Mm-hmm. And, and in this one, in, in Ghost of the Machine, we, the complete lack of airspace regulation, mm-hmm. um, Forced labor and starvation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and between just Mercy and Luthor, psychosexual power dynamics. Because I'm almost I thought certain you meant between Brainiac and Luthor. <laughs> well, why not both? <laughs> All of the above. Like because I say, he... I I know where this is going in Justice League, and uh, there is there is some tension there. Yeah, you can't look at Lex and Mercy and say that they're not like oh, re- yeah. reenacting that scene from Mister and Missus Smith where they're trying to kill each other and ruin the house and very narrowly have sex with each other mm-hmm. at the same time. Now, I, I get the impression that he has his floozies and she's jealous, which I, 
don't love, but I'm pretty sure that's textual. I'm pretty sure she's into him and she's and he's not interested. Oh, it's highly but. textual. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was that George Takei? <laughs> oh, he just left. Sorry. Oh, okay. Damn it. <laughs> Gotta go. No, I'd be very interested in hearing your Clancy Brown, but I think you were just sort of, sort of doing it off the cuff, and it sounded a bit like your George Takei. I mean, I am just doing a George Takei. I mean, it's, uh, it's yeah. you know. I mean, you're down there in the same register. I get it. As as we've discussed before, like I I basically have two voices. I have the Burgess Meredith voice, obviously, mm-hmm. that I that I audition for every role with, mm-hmm. uh, and then I have George Takei. So that's it. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, is that I know you you uh, you were or are I'm not I don't remember playing Poirot. Are you uh, are you doing it as the Penguin? Uh, no, I'm doing it as uh, George Takei. Yeah, well, so. of course. Well, it was either one or the other, so I, you know. Yes, I'm here to solve the mystery. Let's get the gray matter moving. As the foremost <laughs> Belgian detective, <laughs> ah, I'm using my little gray cells. <laughs> That's it, gray cells. Mademoiselle. Struggling to know even one thing about Poirot. Poirot. Alright. Anything else? No. Mm. Oh, I, I, I need to apologize oh, dick, to you. Dick yes, joke. Dick joke. Yeah. Oh yeah, well this oh, is my yeah. quote. Oh this good. Is, uh, right. This is Lois. Lois always gets these and it is always delightful. Uh, here's here's what she says to Lex when the uh, Sidewinder missile thing fails. Hey Lex, what went wrong? Premature product launch? Which continued to delight me. Just just love it. Love Lois's dick jokes. <laughs> um I I just one last thing I wanted to apologize to just me basically. This mm. is this is only for me in my summary for fumbling the Beastie Boys reference when I meant to say all these crab robots roboting like crabs. So, uh, yeah, sorry. Thank me. you. Thank yeah. you. All right. Uh, let's move forward. Let's do uh, the third of three Father's Day. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Jason? Okay. All right. So my previous, my, my summaries in, in the Batman times um, mm-hmm. were particularly long. So I thought for a change, I'm going to try to try to be a little bit more concise with this one. So right. you let you let me know if. You know, I have succeeded here or not, okay? I mean, you're the one who has to read it, mm-hmm. so. Oh, that's right. Oh, I like, could we just... We don't de- care how long yeah. it is. We just, we just get a longer break if you do a long summer. I, I could just delete most of this. That's right. Hold on a second. Let me back to <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <clears throat> so this is Father's Day. Amongst the distant, crackly stars, there hovers a single world made of at least 70% low FPS fire and recycled BattleBot Greebles. And that world is... Really? You spelled apocalypse like that? Jesus, these foreigners can't even be bothered to learn our language. Hold on, I need to adjust my bow tie. Anyway, on Apocalypse, some evil installation wizard observes a serene park in Metropolis with his techno-garbage playset, then sends a great galactic inquisitor version of one of the balls from Phantasm <laughs> to menace the poor citizens, including avid jogger Lois Lane. Meanwhile, at the incredibly budgeted for a newspaper Daily Planet, Jimmy Olsen quizzes Clark about his weekend plans, i.e. meeting up with the parents for Father's Day. Cue title drop. And he clearly doesn't get the hint that Clark isn't into mulleted ginger twinks. <laughs> Back at the park, after some hentai-level threatening with tentacles, 
Superman swoops in and tussles with the intergalactic Fushigi ball until Darkseid, well, you, you remember old stone-faced Jackson from earlier in the season, orders knockoff Gargamel to detonate <laughs> said Scream Machine, which incidentally is my favorite typo negative album. Papa Stoneface is naturally disappointed with Gargamel's failure, and so Darkseid's son, Calabac, entreats him for a chance to prove himself by destroying Superman. Oh, and one of the guys from Mannheim Steamroller is there too, I guess. <laughs> and he's sentenced to the fire mines for mouthing <laughs> off to the boss. Look, I don't know what's going on. I was already confused when Batman didn't show up for the title sequence. <laughs> anyway, Darkseid quickly denies his idiot son said opportunity, but Gargamel secretly convinces Galabac to travel to Earth and crush Superman anyway, partly to cover his own Smurf-hating ass. Just think, Calabac, he says, Darkseid will finally accept you as his son. This will in no way backfire and exacerbate your youngie and gray daddy issues. One boom tube later, and Son of Stoneface starts wrecking the Greek restaurant where Clark, Lois, and the Kents are trying to have a nice gyro. Papa Kent ends up trapped under some tzatziki-smelling rubble, and Superman periodically remembers this while battling Calabac across such exotic locales as a subway tunnel, a downtown store selling exclusively weak glassware, <laughs> and the street outside the Greek restaurant. Let's go easy on the expenses this episode, guys. Eventually, Darkseid learns of Calabac's disobeying from the craven Gargamel and arrives on Earth via Boomtubery to disintegrate his son with his bendy eye lasers, introduce himself to Superman via those same lasers, like a baller, and then return to... Uh, apocalypse. <laughs> to plot the Earth's ultimate destruction, promising... A fuck ton of casualties to Gargamel, whose real name, we learn from the credits, is something stupid like Desaad with two A's. If you ask me, that's a terrible way to spell Gargamel. Damn foreigners. Hey, I take offense to the two A's thing and the ginger twink thing. <laughs> you resemble that remark. Uh, yes. I Oh, that is a dad joke, which is appropriate one, because you are a dad too, because the episode is Father's Day. Well done. You're welcome. We did it. Uh-huh. Uh, you mentioned avid jogger Lois Lane, which I wanted to point out. Uh, this is sort of a running thing that we've been doing with this series. Ah, uh, running. Uh. Oh, God. Did not mean that. There's my dad joke. Um, that uh, this show loves to put Lois in different outfits, which uh, we all know means more work for the animators. They can't just use her stock costume. Oh, of course. And she had three different new outfits in these three episodes, mm -hmm. which... Brings her total to like a dozen, yep. I want to say. Good for, for you, Lois. Just, just fucking, th th those poor anime. I was thinking about this actually in the last one where they had to animate Clark flying, which I've never had to do before. <laughs> it's like we get, we finally got a good library of Superman going into the air. No, 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 we have to do Clark. Mm -hmm. Fuck. <laughs> and yeah, we got Lois's uh, jogging outfit, which could have just been her like day off yoga pants and t-shirt outfit mm -hmm. from the last one. But no, they nope. put her in something new. So shorts and a sports I'm, bra, like good job, good lord. Yeah, yeah. I'm wait. I'm waiting for Malibu Lois. Uh huh. 
Well, her car definitely fits that. Uh, <laughs> yes, definitely. Fits that motif. Or it did before it got crushed. Uh, oh, it'll be back next week. Mm-hmm. She, they've got uh, they've got a hundred Jimmys in the back, along with Lois cars, <laughs> just uh, infinitely renewable. Just just all all twitching in some kind of genetic goop. Help me! Mm-hmm. I don't know why they're cloning cars, but uh, Hamilton just gets up to some weird shit back there. It's <laughs> where the movie car Cars like came from. Is that what the movie Cars is about? Yeah, it's about a bunch of cars well, that got cloned to life. Well, oh. when a mommy and daddy car love each other very much. Sometimes a family can be a, a bumper car and a semi-truck. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, got away you, from me. You, you didn't say that as Vin Diesel, so I didn't understand it. <laughs> family. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. I don't really know what Vin Diesel sounds like, but in the... Um, no, you're right. Bu- that was it. In the bonus features for uh, the Iron Giant, where the rest of the cast is talking pretty intelligently about how it's a meditation on, on you know, uh, the innocence of childhood and, and mortality and, and morality and all this stuff. And he just goes, I got the voice of the robot. I like to play robots. Like, oh, dude. Then so sad. At least he's honest. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, so, another Dark Side episode, mm-hmm. huh? I bet you loved it, huh? I wish. I wish I had. <laughs> I really do. You didn't? But no, this was just Doomsday again. Yeah. This was Superman and Calabac, who I don't give a shit about. Like, I like I like me some new gods shit, but Calabac sucks. He doesn't have a neck, that's for damn sure. <laughs> no. He does he does suck. Absolutely. <laughs> it was no... it was cool. It was cool hearing Michael Dorn, you know, mm-hmm. Warf. Oh yeah. School. Yeah, of course. But that's about it. <laughs> Like, I was I was absolutely here for the, uh, the all of the dark side stuff. Like, whenever he showed up, I'm like, oh yeah, dark side. But God, Calabac's just garbage. Just Calabac garbage from a trash kind can. Of, some kind of weird steroid pumped leprechaun in like a lime green uh, uh, American gladiators uniform. He's just a Jack Kirby character. That's what they all look like. He's got a body. I kept thinking about this. He's got a body like an old Ghostbusters action figure. <laughs> Yeah, I can see the lever on his back. Reference. That, mm-hmm. I can see the lever on his back that makes his arms and legs kick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this kind of leads into my bad thing. I I know I talk a lot about not liking all the fourth world stuff, mm-hmm. and this episode is an excellent example of why. You, you've, like, <laughs> never mentioned, you've never mentioned that before. I, well, yeah, that's true. This is the first time. It's just it, there's like there's no character to any of these characters. Darkseid is just the most one dimensional evil overlord. He just wants to take over and that's it mm-hmm. like it's a cool voice and an okay look and nothing else and calabac's even less than that like i don't need 30 levels of depth and complexity but give me something just something he's just dark side's supposed to be up there with lex and brainiac and he's just he's nothing i don't get it what is the appeal so cool tell me why sell me convince me <sighs> it's too early no um i I really fucking love Darkseid. Like, just as that, like, like, just nothing but evil, you know? There's, like, there's nothing there other than I hate and I want to take over everything. I just, we've had such a long string of Superman mm-hmm. guys who were so shallow. Like, I thought, okay, this is one of the big ones. And he comes from a big, rich world with a lot of backstory. Like, maybe they could make something interesting and more complex out of this no the the thing if i could just fucking 
like show you some of the the Morrison dark side stuff I've read over the years. Like it's just it's like like Final Crisis where he's like he's all about just like like taking freedom from people. It's so okay, but Grant fucking Morrison, good. Grant Morrison is very good at taking those characters mm-hmm. and situations that had potential and maybe didn't quite live up to it and turning it into something good. Ugh. People loved Darkseid before mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Like the original Why? Kirby stuff also. Very, very good. This is okay. just like... Jason, do you have any opinion on this? I'm, cur- I'm curious. I think that... Um, so part of the reason that... Um, Superman in this particular animated series is not really in my wheelhouse is because his rogues gallery doesn't really appeal to me mm. as much as the mm-hmm. the noir horror stuff that Batman gets up to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I'm pretty solidly meh about most of Superman's villains. Although I do, I do see the appeal of Darkseid as, like, the ur-fascist, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I do kind of see that uh, again, like, like Emma's talking about from the same like perspective of like the, the, the Daleks are an obvious analog here, right? Yeah. Being purely created to hate and destroy and to crush like freedom and spirit and everything like that. And I kind of get that as a perfect philosophical counterpoint to Superman's like openness and, um, yeah. All that stuff. So I, I, I get it. Although I, I think that sometimes, especially in this episode, they don't do the legwork to make that um, perspective um, anything other than, you know, like you say, I am evil and I hate, right? Mm. He just, he feels like every kid's cartoon villain. I must but destroy there, the universe. But there are, there. I think that's a little reductive, but... I think there are layers to Darkseid that, like, for instance, this script doesn't necessarily mine very well, but there is an obvious sort of, um, there's an obvious little interesting wrinkle there about how he feels about his quote-unquote son, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. he, he he says at one point, like, as far as Destiny and I are concerned, I don't have a son, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like, a pretty killer thing to say, right? Mm-hmm. And and reveals a lot about both how he feels about Calabac and how he feels about like himself and the the concept of legacy and stuff like that. So there is interesting stuff going on. It's just that most of the time it's subsumed by you know dark side smash, right? Right. No, and that's that's effectively your bad thing. Yeah, just like this this could have been this could have had more substance to it, mm-hmm. but. It didn't. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, I've I've had the that same sort of complaint for some of the Batman episodes. You remember where it's mm-hmm. like there's a hypothetical richer version of this episode um, mm-hmm. where they leaned for this this one in particular, where they leaned a little bit further into the relationship dynamics between the fathers and sons, mm-hmm. right? Between Pa Kent and and Superman and Darkseid and and steroid Gremlin. Here is a good um, father. Here is a less good father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they don't have to necessarily be on the nose about it. They just have to give us examples of like how important or unimportant they are to each mm-hmm. other, how they interact, and like it would have made the theme, which I think out of these three episodes, there's like this one has sort of the strongest sense of like an mm-hmm. overarching sort of theme and maybe a message if you want to go that far. But like they spend too much time in the episode doing a, you know, twenty minute long punch 'em up. Ugh. 
and don't do the legwork for making those relationships like richer and more yeah. more complex. And as you called out in your summary, the punch em ups weren't even that it, like like the the settings for the uh, action sequences were also pretty uninspired also. So this it wasn't a, even like good action sequences. This is a real dull yeah. giant fight. Uh-huh. It is. It is kind of dull. Yeah, which is unfortunate because there's a possibility for for bigger mm-hmm. and better and they just kind of went it's just middle of the middle of the road here. No, and this show has done this, like, I usually get pretty bored during a superhero fight sequence, but this show usually keeps me engaged. Like, the Superman stuff usually works for me, but this was not very good. Yeah. Just not interesting. Yeah. And and again, Calabac's just nothing. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because Calabac sucks so hard. He sucks yeah. so now, hard. Does he suck in the comics, too, or is, the, is it just this version? I don't know. I am... Very unfamiliar. Even like with like all the stuff I've read, I am very unfamiliar with Calabac. Which like really, yeah. The only thing I, I know about Calabac the... is that I had his superpowers action figure back in the day. <laughs> I just assumed he was one of the like after Dark Side. You have sort of the tech second tier guys. I thought he was one of them. No, I mean he is, but like I don't see a whole lot of him. Like it's mostly Dark Side and like Orion and like you know a lot of the yeah. like uh, good guys. Granny goodness. Desad, I am familiar it... with. I also had his action mm. figure. Which is weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I do enjoy you calling him the installation wizard, which I can't imagine was a reference to an old sketch we did like ten years ago. Uh, but uh, I'd like to think that it was. But uh, well, it, it was both that and a reference to the concept of the installation wizard, right? Because that because that used to be a thing when you installed stuff on discs. Yeah. I loved the installation with. Oh, I'm going to install some stuff on your computer. Well, we've now. got this. We've got this giant. Fuck off, like, obviously Jack Kirby-inspired mm-hmm. great de- machine with all these little details and, and buttons yeah. and levers. And then this cloaked, mysterious figure mm-hmm. behind it. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Pick a pick an aesthetic, Apocalypse. Uh, the sun no, is just wet everything. all the time. <laughs> and uh, uh, I wasn't sure if this was too, too far of a reach, but Jason, I guess you pointed out that uh, his voice was uh, one of the guys from Mad Men. Correct. Yeah. Um, uh, veteran character actor and uh, gentleman Robert Morse, who was on Mad Men, amongst a whole host of other things. But I think most people would know him these days. Yeah, there Mad were the Man. there were the two older guys who owned the ad agency. There was like the, the the Silver Fox one. And then there was sort of the guy who looked a bit like Colonel Sanders. And he was that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He played uh, he played. Uh, Sam's Club Gargamel, yeah. <laughs> Not pictured as real the cat, unfortunately. <clears throat> Alas. Right, obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't have the budget for that. They spent it on the outside of the Greek restaurant. <laughs> oh my God. There's one restaurant in all of Metropolis, apparently. Also, this By the way, restaurant is fucking, it's like a skyscraper. Uh-huh. Yes. I wonder. I wonder if, like the Greek restaurants in Gotham, you can also get a biopsy done here. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a callback uh, it is so we, we we were you were talking al in the previous episode about like all the sleek gorgeous art deco architecture yeah and this, this one not so much that well this one's okay but it's like you can see like these shots of these again sleek elegant sort of art deco buildings and then there's just like a fucking alley <laughs> with some white wild west iron barrels in the alley like <laughs> like you're talking about picking an aesthetic metropolis what are you doing mm-hmm. those iron barrels are, gonna... are for a uh, rebellion outbreak later 
Uh, I guess. Fill them with fire. Ugh. I assume you're just as baffled by those as you were by that uh, by that brick in the previous episode. In the it's Batman a, episode, you came. It's for. it's a single fucking brick. Uh huh. <laughs> it shouldn't be there. Uh huh. In this suburban neighborhood, just one brick on, okay. on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. One brick. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess we're doing bad things. What do you got? Uh, I can't believe that by the end of this episode, Lois hasn't caught on that Clark is Superman. Oh, yeah. Martha flat out says, look out, Clark, who is definitely not Superman. Shifty eyes at Lois standing right next to her. It's not quite that obvious, but it's pretty it's damn real obvious. obvious. She says, she says, be careful. Mm-hmm. She does Which, say Clark why? at one point. Like, it's real bad. She does say Clark. Yeah. yeah. Oh, OK. I guess I missed that. And then later she on, does absolutely say Clark. And then later on, yeah. she's talking to uh, to uh, the Kents, and she's like, wow, it's weird watching Superman take off. And Pa's like, yeah, it's real weird. Yeah, never seen that before. Hmm. Lois is just like, well, hmm. no follow-up I guess I've lost my here. ability to notice things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that tracks with monkey fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and she can't notice very obvious things. I, I think in this episode, she was affected by... She had brain frog, brain fog from too much Euro smoke. <laughs> I think it was the um, the weird fucking uh, Kirby crackle machine that showed up in the park. Oh, that is true. Yeah, once you Which get those crackles. What's that? Once you get those crackles in, yeah, she got uh, brain crackle. Yeah, it's got like uh, it operates on the same brain waves or whatever. No, that's kind of my good thing though. Just her standing and looking at the thing like mm-hmm. not running away that's that's just very this version of lois yeah. to me. she gets a good look at the thing then she calls the daily planet like there's times i don't mind superman having to save her i don't love when she's a hostage or whatever but when she throws herself in the middle mm-hmm. of the danger because there's a story there that tracks and that's those are good reasons yeah. for superman to have to rescue her and i like that it's like why did she's you like huh big scary robot huh lois why didn't about? you run away i wanted to see the giant scary robot you run toward the story yeah Meanwhile, the giant scary robot is all, ignore me. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, though, when she calls the planet, she says it's from outer space. You have no evidence of that. Mm -hmm. Come on. What's your source here? (laughs) I don't know. That's a pretty safe assumption. Lex could have built it. There's there's super scientists around. No, he couldn't have. There's obviously a reservoir of crackle energy in the middle of it. Crackle means space. he might have stolen it from Brainiac, who has uh, uh, oh, well, access where? to all manner of alien technology. Wait a minute, where is Brainiac getting vitamin crackle here? That's <laughs> he's got a he's got a menagerie of all all manner of uh, creatures from across the cosmos. He must have found a crackle one, right? Mm-hmm. I doubt it. Crackle menagerie. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, she should have. That's uh, a, that sounds like a slur. Is that a slur? Yeah, probably. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, um. Well, what'd you have for a good thing though? It kind of, kind of dovetails with your bad thing. Well, right? uh, like the whole speaking of Lois and the Kents. Um, I love the two of the, uh the three of them all bonding together while Clark looks awkward in the background. I could watch that well, shit all day. He's like, I have to go. You guys have lunch together, and oh god, you guys have lunch together. Uh, I can't. I get. I. It's already left my mouth. I guess. Uh. Clark's told us so much about you. Oh, God. Did you tell them you have a crush on her? Because this is... Oh, God. Lois is like, really? Because he's told me absolutely nothing about either of you. Uh, Probably because every time he mentions he's from Smallville, I can't stop laughing. (laughs) Well, back in Smallville... (laughs) Sorry, Clark, what? 
Talking Stop about Kansas again, <sighs> asshole. Stop ruining this for me, Martha. <laughs> <laughs> Why, why'd you say that name? Just, just had to get that out there mm. every time. Just can't stop thinking about that. F- Father, why did you say that noun? <laughs> <laughs> why did you say that name? Uh, what else? Um, I kind of like the basis of this episode is Superman desperately trying to save his dad from like this collapsing building, but like. I don't think it kind of is executed very well. Well, like, like no, Jason it isn't called this out in all. a summary that he keeps forgetting and then remembering. Yeah. <laughs> Which is terrible. Yeah, there's no sense of like like ratcheting tension there because it's like, surely, surely Pa Kent has suffocated by now. Mm-hmm. His solar plexus crushed by all that rubble. Or like, Superman managed to lift away part of it and he got himself the rest of the way yeah. out, maybe with Lois's help or something. No, yeah, or no. something. Like, there's a really good way to sort of play up that tension of just, like, I have to get back, and this guy keeps, like, not not even just distracted. Like, every time I try to get in there, he grabs me and punches me in the face a bunch of times. Right. But, mm-hmm. like, every time, like, Superman sort of gets Cal back on the ropes and goes to leave, he just sort of strolls over to the to the restaurant. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's oh, real right, leisurely. Dad. It's like, you're yeah, Superman. I know you pop. can go faster than at least uh, a bullet. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he doesn't even he doesn't even really save... Um, Pa Kent until like you know again that's the thing father why did you say that like because mm-hmm. Calabac mentions his father and he's like oh yeah oh right. yeah father I've got one of those <laughs> uh-huh. I should really do something about my smushed father we're not so different you and I <laughs> wait no I have a neck <laughs> what's that like that's pretty great yeah look I can, I can turn look, my head oh. I can look left I can look right uh huh Oh, man, I have no peripheral vision whatsoever. Why am I just telling you my weaknesses? <laughs> Who's speaking? Move in front of me so I can see you. <laughs> Sucks being Calabac. Yeah, well. it, is really, it is really funny, though, along that same lines, with Calabac, like, showing up again like so much Michael Myers, mm-hmm. right? Um, and Superman going, not again, and not even getting it all the way out before Calabac just yep. punches him directly in the face. Mm-hmm. Well, and that could have been a fun... Just like that, like he's used to fighting guys who banter a little bit or something, and that you know right. this guy could just be the relentless force. But he's they don't really do enough yeah. with that. It's just it really is just just doomsday again, you know, like yeah, yeah. Just well, you say big, again, but we haven't had. Doomsday I mean, that's yet, true, so. but like you know, yeah, th- know that was saying. the vibe I kept getting when I was watching. I was like, all right, I've seen this and I've seen it better. Yeah, I I mean, doomsday is better than nothing. Let's be clear. Uh-huh. But. But I understand what you're saying. Um, there was something I noticed about the art, which I liked. Mm. Uh, some of the background people were a little more varied. Like, in particular, there were some, uh, for want of a better word, thicker women. Like, not that usual petite Bruce Tim model mm. where just uh-huh. you yeah. take Lois and change the color palette a hundred times. Yep. Like, there were some women with some broader shoulders and with some just, like, bigger chests and, like, just... They, they, they should have more of that. They should mm-hmm. mix in some smaller men and bigger women and then everyone wouldn't look like repaints of each other. And, yeah. and some more ginger twinks. <sighs> yeah, I guess so. Oh, you said and, mullet, too. That well, I, I hit well, all those yeah. buttons in, like, and, 1990 or so. And to, co- and to contrast that with Monkey Fun, where there were, like, two identical brunettes wearing the same outfit <laughs> on that <laughs> roller coaster. Yeah. Well, it was Twin Day at the uh, at the carnival. Yeah, they were filming a double right. mint commercial. Yeah, there you go. 
Well then, well then, why wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito there? Excellent question. Oh no, it's twins. It's twins too. The only one who showed up for that is Sandra Bullock. Weirdly enough. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. I got it. Uh, something we haven't really talked about yet. I mean, Jason mentioned this in his summary, but uh, Mannheim, the the uh, the gangster, mm-hmm. is still hanging out on a that vehicle. was so like, fucking funny to me. It it was, but it feels like the writers had a plan for that and then just gave up on it. It was mm. like, oh right, he's still here. Let's do because. It would be an interesting story to explore this yeah. place that's supposed to be weird to like have an Earth, you know, have a have a POV character, have an Earth guy looking around and saying, "What is all this shit?" He's just been standing there for a year, <laughs> and then Darkseid poofs him out to literal hell, uh-huh. where he's got to dig coal. No, Jason was lava. Right. It's a fire mine. Uh, he has to dig fire. Yeah, <laughs> okay, this this fire is not going to harvest itself. Yeah. It's a it's a very specific kids in the hall sketch. One of those weird, surreal, directed by Bruce McCullough ones where it's him and Mark right. McKinney just shoveling fuel into a fire. <laughs> Each day we shovel fuel. Oh, sp- speaking of which, before I before I realized that uh, Desaad was just uh, discount Gargamel, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. thought maybe he was Dave Foley's Hecubus in a robe. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And I was waiting for Sir Simon Milligan to show up at some point. I serve you, Master, and Dark Side. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, well, Jason, you haven't really done your good thing yet. Oh, right. Yes. Um, so part of this sort of ties in with what I was talking about with the bad thing, right? Even mm. though this isn't as rich as it could be, there is a nice sort of rhyming uh, between... Calabac struggling for identity and relevance and like a sense of power and stuff like that, stepping outside of his like father's shadow and his bendy, bendy shadow. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, you know, kind of repatriating maybe a little bit from Apocalypse. It rhymes nicely with Superman's immigrant integration journey, right? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And so there are like, even though it's not explored very deeply, there are these echoes of this sort of thematic resonance that are going on in this episode. And by extension, mm-hmm. it also touches on like, you know, the, the struggles of the Jewish creators of Superman. Right. And, and, and they, all the, all the fourth world stuff too. Jack Kirby, mm-hmm. obviously. Right. Yeah, exactly. So all that stuff is going on in the background and provides a little bit richer of a, of a quality to what is again, doomsday again. Right. Mm hmm. Um, so that so that helps a lot, and mm-hmm. the soundtrack fucking slaps. Yeah, it does. They did some very unusual stuff with the soundtrack. Which, there was uh, a point mm-hmm. during the fight where one of the music cues, I was like, "That's that sounds like the Joker's barge." <laughs> mm-hmm. You know that that uh, that soundtrack that you hate so much, Al. Uh, no, I I enjoy. I it. think My I was the one that, that soundtrack that, that M hates yeah. so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, it was all like weird percussion and mm-hmm. jaunty like horn section stuff, and it was just fantastic. It sounded it sounded like they put a bit of prog rock in their uh, yeah exactly their orchestral yeah. score, which was great. Which honestly, that does fit the whole uh, apocalypse thing. Yeah, the fourth world business. It does feel like a a yes album writ large. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Just the the imagery and everything. Yeah, it's. Honestly, yeah. half the problem I have with Apocalypse is just, again, they need to pick an aesthetic. Like, some of it really fits. Some of it looks 
Like it all fits together, and then you have the installation wizard in front of the big computer. I love like, that shit. Just weird trolls and like robots and a wizard and just whatever, man. Throw it all in there. Yeah. Mom, right. Mom said we should combine all of our action figures together mm-hmm. and, uh-huh. and play nicely. So yeah, some He-Man shit. Happens. Just okay, lasers and swords. All right. Yeah. Well, I was I had bitten my tongue when you were saying that. I was like, oh, yeah, but He-Man did it better. And then I was like, oh, shit, I'm definitely going to get yelled at for that. Never mind. <laughs> He-Man did do it better, though. <laughs> All right. Uh, we should probably wrap things up. Sure. Anything else, you guys? So, Kids Love Superman for this episode. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. Uh, involves forced labor camps. Mm-hmm. Um, hardcore daddy issues. Oh, you ain't kidding. And mm-hmm. a sense of, like, weird like extreme darwinian survival of the fittest going on Mm -hmm. like uh oh well you know if you're actually my son you need to prove yourself in a contest of of death you know and then and then you will rise to the cream of apocalypse's crop yeah because it's so Mm -hmm. nice on apocalypse oh yeah i was going somewhere with that and i i lost myself i'm wondering where the cream fits in with the Oh, it's it's un- it's underneath the fire. Don't worry. The it's fire turning. mines and the yeah, yeah. The cream mines are just next door. Of course, they don't just they don't just milk cows or whatever. They they have cream mines. Obviously, although although they have had an issue lately with people skimming off the top. Oh, well, that's what you when you get a mobster in there, he's going to do that. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, yeah. So they had to send him to the fire mines. Uh huh. And we talked about Worf and Robert Morris, so mm-hmm. we got those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the quote yes. for the episode. Ah, uh, yes. What do you got? So, um, Calabac, uh, really early on in their fight, when they're still bashing inside the Greek restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he basically explains his whole ethos, right, as Darkseid's um, illegitimate and completely ignored son, right? And basically says this. You see, Superman, life breeds death. Anything that lives must kill something to survive. And I am a survivor. Yeah, I'm still not clear whether he is his son or if it's one of those everyone in Apocalypse is Darkseid's kid kind of things. Like, well, I don't know. Um, Darkseid did say during the episode, like, a circumstance of his birth or like a mistake or something to that effect. So at mm-hmm. least Darkseid seems to believe that there's some kind of ah, okay. ac- actual lineage there, regardless ah. of how it works. I wasn't sure if they had done, because I know at least in some versions of the, the comic story, like they do, because it wasn't, isn't that uh, uh, Mr. Miracle's deal? Wasn't he meant to yeah, the, the thing with like uh, he was swapped at birth yeah, or whatever. That was uh, that was uh, Mister Miracle and Orion, which is Darkseid's other right, son. Right, right, right. But they're not literally his biological kids, are they? I think Orion is. Yeah, I think Calabac oh, is too. Huh. Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, he and Orion look so much alike, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, I suppose that's all for this time. Yeah. We uh, like I say, next time we got uh, the we we hit a bit of a of a of a bad patch here. I would say last week I wasn't super impressed. This week was okay, I guess. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> next week though, oh yeah, finally, good stuff. We've been yeah. basically oh, yeah. building sound- this since we started. Oh, yep. good! It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, 
Uh, it's not monkey fun, but it is some kind of fun. Yeah. I guess I, I guess I'll just take my Beppo doll and go home. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you got anything you want to uh, plug before you uh, before you run off with your Beppo between your legs? Gross. <laughs> that is gross. Mm-hmm. Anything Sorry, I, no? I, I just no, I just need a minute to rec- recover from that <laughs> awful thing you just said to me. I was pretty proud of that one. It's it's pretty. I'm sorry. Like I just. Okay, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to muscle through it. Okay. You've read a lot of bad jokes uh, of mine in scripts right. over the years. I can't imagine You're... this is the worst one. And yet somehow. Oh no. Not not that it not that it was it was bad. I think it was fine. It was just it was just too erotic. I think. For oh oh, I see. Yeah. I'm this sorry. this early in the day. So yeah, I will tone it yeah. back. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I mean the you know the stuff that I would plug is the stuff that you are doing so um you know i'm on so endeavor no. okay <laughs> i'm on endeavor have you heard of that have you seen this have you heard about this <laughs> um so Weird, i do that stuff um yeah and i'm i'm rehearsing for murder on the orient express and of course there's no reason to shout that out because no one on this no one listening to this say, podcast unless, can make uh, it unless they live in your local area that's not really a thing they can see correct Correct. <laughs> oh well, that's unfortunate. I am I am excited for you though. I know yeah. that's uh, I know you really you really wanted that one. So uh, good job. All right. So you know what's happening next week. Uh, Irish Gav will be joining us, and that's all for this time. Yeah. See you, folks. Twala. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2021. Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.